0: Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. I'm Bethany Mm Pedigo, and I'm here with my friend Rod Ellis. And uh, maybe I should sing the little song, you know, if you read your Bible and pray every day, pray every day. Do you you remember that song? You will grow. I don't think I know that song. You you have kids like bunched down on the floor, and when you say grow, they get a little Uh bit taller each Uh time. And then it says, if you don't read your Bible and pray every day, you will shrink, shrink, shrink. I can't believe you don't know this song.
1: I don't know that song, and I feel like I've missed out on so much of life now. <laughs> oh.
0: It's not that bad. I, I,
1: I need to go to more children's camps. I need to go to yes. Methodist children's camps, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's so insightful. We grow or we shrink. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I, I really thought I knew how to read my Bible. This is really interesting. Uh, and I don't really want to talk about this like it matters, but since I'm studying for my, um, next degree, uh, one of the things that people, um, the, the degree program ends with a class that's, the whole class is about writing your basically dissertation. And in, in our program, it's called a thesis. And we meet with the professors every semester so that they can prepare us for the sheol we will experience when we get to their class because it's the hardest part as it should be you know for a terminal degree so um in this in this zoom conversation we had with our professors again i'm i'm on a call with a dozen doctoral students and the professors just tell us you know we really don't think you know yet how to read the bible <laughs> <And I'm> thinking, <laughs>
0: Don't be offended. Huh? Don't be offended.
1: Yeah, well, I was a little, but but then I was more <laughs> curious than I was offended. Thank you. And I, Thank and you. I thought, that was yeah, honest. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's pretty much me. Um, but I I just <laughs> was thinking, what do I not know yet? I mean, I I was a religion minor in college. I have a seminary degree. I I've been reading the Bible most days of my life for over 40 years, maybe 45. Um, and this professor just says, you probably really just don't know how to read the Bible yet. And it it really um, got me thinking about what do I not know and what do I know and what helps me. And so then I thought, well, gosh, if, if my professor, a future professor, uh, feels that way about a bunch of worship pastors and pastors uh, and teachers, we have um, college professors in our class as well, um, then maybe some of the things that I have learned would be helpful to our listeners. And I, and then I thought, if we're going to talk about how to read the Bible, does that have anything to do with souls singing? And I answered my own question pretty quickly with that because there's nothing that makes my soul sing as much as when I read the Bible or hear the Bible read in a compelling way. And uh, that's why we start every service with a call to worship because the Bible is just well, it's God's word for us. It's God's, um, voice to us, but then it's, just it's also God. just this thing that it stirs and, and yes, it, stirs it evokes me to worship a response. Yes. Yeah. It uh, and that's what worship is. Right. It's our response to God's initiative That's right. always. Yeah. And so, um, I just, I want to, I want to share, uh, and hear from you, Bethany, and eventually hopefully hear from some listeners about, things that have helped me read my Bible better that I've picked up across the decades of doing that. So where do you want to start? Pick one.
0: Um, well, um, I, I would like to just mention this book that I, oh, I use. Your book. Yes. It's a very large textbook kind of a book. Um, yeah. But it it has really formed me, and it's actually in the title. It's called Conformed to His Image by Kenneth Boa. Um, Kenneth it Boa. Has He's the
1: publisher, just in case we have geeks who are listening. Zondervan. Zondervan. Okay, so Kenneth Boa, and it's a spiritual formation book. It's about how to,
0: yeah.
1: um, how to be formed in the likeness of Christ. And you use this book when you're mentoring young worship leaders, right?
0: Yes, and just. People in general that I meet with for discipleship and mentoring, yes. Um, So, one of the things that it talks about is that there's a difference between reading for information and reading for formation. I think that's a good place to start Uh, because I think there can be an emphasis on reading for information, which is good, right? We need to study uh, the Bible. get information from it. And there's different ways that you can do that. Um, For example, you can read the biographical method is a study of the failures and successes of Bible personalities. This is just examples. You know, you could do the topical method of Bible study, which is a development of a theme through the scriptures where you focus Mm -hmm. on love or redemption or covenant or things like that, forgiveness,
1: peace. I think in a recent episode, I mentioned that if you were looking for a thing to study, you could just look at the Holy Spirit, even in the Old Testament, and look for all of the occurrences of the Holy Spirit. So that kind of thing, right.
0: Mm -hmm. You could study a book of scripture synthetically or analytically, which is trying to get a comprehensive picture that helps you see how all the pieces of the puzzle of a particular book of scripture come together. Why was it written? Who wrote it? When? What's the main theme of the book? So there's so many, and there's more than those. Those are just some quick examples of reading for information. Would you like to comment on that first before we talk about formational reading and how it's different?
1: Um, just real briefly to say that uh, I have often said better to read for transformation than information. Um, transformation implies changing and formation is more about just being formed. So I, I don't know that there's a significant difference between the two. I, I like them both. I would think as a younger believer than maybe formation as somebody where, where you need change, however, in your life, the transformation, Romans twelve two um talks about the renewing of your mind as the way to be transformed and that's uh yeah so you have to engage your mind when you're reading scripture which is one of my biggest challenges my i have a what the africans call the monkey mind when i sit down to (laughs) read the bible my brain goes to everything else and i can (laughs) actually read passages out loud and have no idea what i just read even though i read it perfectly I can read out loud and have no idea what I read because my mind is on something else. And that's not helpful. Um, and it drives me crazy. And so then I go back and read it again. Uh, but yeah, so I think being able to read because you're trying to be formed into the likeness of Christ and be transformed to be more like him, uh, is a far better goal. One other comment. And that is, uh, I think Andy Stanley said, um, knowledge puffs up. Um, mm. And, oh, something else builds up. And I can't remember what the word is. Love.
0: Love. Love
1: builds up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which means if you're reading your Bible and it's making you arrogant, you're reading it wrong. That's right. Or reading it wrongly or both. So you should be reading (laughs) your Bible. and Yeah. Um, So I, I think you should be reading your Bible so that it makes you better at loving people. Better at loving God. Better at loving yourself and that is certainly formative and transformative, um, and that information can become a real source of pride. I, I can show off when I, and it all has to do with attitude, but, you know, I can quote a verse of scripture to somebody that I've memorized and try to make them be impressed with me, or I can quote a verse of scripture that I've memorized so that they are impressed with God, and if I'm reading my Bible properly, then I'm going to do the latter, and if I'm reading it improperly then I'm going to do the former and I just I always want to I want to get to the place where every time I open the Bible it's so that I'm being made more like Jesus
0: and I I think we shouldn't make a complete distinction between informational reading and formational reading even though the um emphasis behind the two are maybe slightly different but I think they one can certainly become the other going both ways right So, um, this this book, uh, conformed to his image, talks about how you use observation when you're reading. So, you you obviously observe what's happening in the text. Mm -hmm. Interpretation, where you try to understand what you have observed. So, you discern the meaning that the author had in mind. Correlation is relating the passage to overall context and coordination with other sections of scripture, because scripture helps us interpret scripture. And finally, application, when you derive specific principles from what you have learned and seek to implement them in your life. And this is, I think, where it it can cross over from merely learning something about the Bible, which really should be learning about God, but then it begins to impact our lives in ways that actually change us.
1: Yeah, if you've read through the Bible 10 or 15 times and you're no different, then again, you're just not reading it right. It It is designed by God to tell us who he is and how he feels about us and what he's done for us and what we ought to do as a result. And I love that, for example, in the New Testament, pretty much every one of the letters Paul wrote are half and half. The first half is theology and the second half is practice. Mm-hmm. And the practice can 't happen well without the theology, but the theology is useless without the practice i don 't know if useless is fair, but it's um, it 's not doing what it was intended to do, and so we should be changing the way that we practice our faith based on the fact that we are reading more and better in god 's word so yeah it's it 's really important um, i uh, i've struggled with reading the Bible every day most of my life. Um, turned 55 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I would say until two years ago, I had never read the Bible every day in a year. Um, I'd gone weeks, no doubt. I'd probably gone like a month or two, but I'd never done better than that. And at this point, um, coming up on about a year and a half where I haven't missed a day. And if I could go back and talk to my younger self, that's one of the things I would say, like, whatever it takes. You, you need to do this every day. And and I don't mean that pharisaically or legalistically. I just mean as much as I need to eat and drink every day, I really need the word of God every day. If I'm going to feed my body, I also need to feed my soul. And
0: yeah, grow, I grow, grow, rest- or shrink, shrink, shrink. Yeah, it's all
1: in the song. It's all in the yes! song. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, along the lines of what you just shared, um, one of the things that I've really been working to do I guess probably the last three or four years is to read while I'm to read with a listening ear. And that means that I typically, when I'm reading the Bible by myself, I will read out loud. Yes. Because then I'm, I'm hearing the word. I'm not just imagining the word or seeing the word. Um, those words are actually designed for us to hear until the last, until the printing press, but especially until the last couple of hundred years, um, people never read the Bible to themselves. It was always, first of all, it wasn't read. It was shared. Right. It wasn't written down for generations, perhaps centuries. It was not written down. And then once it was written down, it was written down to protect the integrity of the text, but never meant to be dryly read. It was community (laughs) document. It was the thing they would sit around the campfire and tell stories about. And that sense of, um, of the the words of scripture being alive, like when you're listening to a great storyteller or a great commentator on sports or politics or whatever, you know, there's just such a vivacity in in their commentary. That's, that's what happens in scripture if we'll listen. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to, we have to approach it as a listener more than as a reader.
0: Well, that, in this book that i keep referring to it yes how it describes that is reading uh you listen to the words in humility accompanied mm. by a willingness to obey i think that's what yes. you're you're really touching on there
1: well it's a it's <laughs> yes um but i'm talking about an intermediate step because i think you can read it humbly with a willingness to obey silently and i really want encourage people to at least experiment with reading it out loud to yourself so that you're you're forming in your ear what you're trying to form in your soul and that is that you're listening so while you're while your ear is getting used to listening to your voice read one of the other things it does is it helped me read expressively I, Mm -hmm. I now read scripture more expressively than I've ever read it and it's because every day I'm trying to read it as if I were reading to a crowd but I'm the crowd
0: it will help you understand the text more. In fact, uh, yeah. doing that with other past with other literature also works, by the way. Mm-hmm. I took a Shakespeare yeah. class in college mm-hmm. and I tried reading some of his plays silently to myself and I, I really couldn't understand it. I mean, I was trying, but right. when we would get together and mm-hmm. we would assign parts and we would read it as a play out loud, then I suddenly had like understanding of, of the yeah. actual text so this right. will work sense. i promise yeah
1: yep. <laughs> and i think the bible is, you know shakespeare probably got that insight from god like the, <laughs> the bible has always <laughs> right. been that way and we've kind of <laughs> lost that so i would just start um by read listening um and listen to your voice or somebody else's voice you, you know the bible app the U version app on um on your smartphone will read to you in most translations now so you can listen to somebody else read sometimes if i'm having trouble focusing i will follow what i'm what the reader is reading to me and i'll i'll follow it with my eyes but i'll let them read it uh, especially if there are names and i i feel like i get caught up in the names and then i miss what the what the scripture is trying to say and so i'll listen to somebody read that list of names and then i can focus more on what it's trying to say rather than get the name right because i'm just messed up I want to get all the names perfectly right which includes the name Isaiah and I really want to start a, a movement in the United States to say that like the Brits do because I can't find any other name in the Old Testament that <laughs> ends with I-A-H where it's pronounced Isaiah like Hezekiah, right? And
0: how did that happen
1: <laughs> I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm so stumped
0: I will sign <laughs> your petition I, I should just start doing it now Like everybody listening to this, if you just start doing it, please tell us.
1: We can start a we can start a movement. The Isaiah a movement. movement. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. One of the older ladies in my church entirely disagrees with me. Oh, it's Isaiah. Actually, who knows? But anyway, Um, a couple other things that have really helped me. I I like to read widely and narrowly. In other words, I like to read big swaths of scripture. Um, You know two or three chapters or a whole short epistle like ephesians in one sitting or something like that uh it's really kind of interesting what you see when you read broadly that you miss if you're reading a verse or two at a time or even a chapter at a time Mm -hmm. and so uh i don't do that often i don't do that all the time but to just sit down and read first timothy you'll just discover things about paul and timothy's relationship that you miss if you are only reading you know your favorite verses or the highlighted portions of your Bible or whatever. So I think reading broadly or widely is really helpful, but then not just that, also to read narrowly, to to be able to say, I really wanna understand what first timothy 316 means it's about scripture being god breathed or inspired and that it's useful and how is it useful it's useful in four ways and what do those four ways mean for me as for my family what do those four ways mean for our church what exactly. does that mean for my small group what does that mean and when you drill down on one verse then you find depth that you didn't know was there but if you don't know the context of the larger book, then you might not know that Paul's teaching Timothy based on what Paul's already learned by working as a church planter. And he's, he's discovered these things. So they interplay with one another. And, and that's mm-hmm. why I think reading both broadly and narrowly is super helpful or has been for me.
0: Yeah, um, one, one way to read really narrowly is to meditate on a verse, mm-hmm. which... Let me just say that meditation is not a new age concept right. like it is not it was not invented by uh, new age spiritualist people um, yep. it was it's a it's a biblical concept and it it literally means to chew on um which or munch, as you, as you might say, to ruminate, uh, kind of like a cow sort of chews on its cud, right, and yeah. sort of regurgitates it. with But that that is actually what the word means. So yeah. um, so me, to meditate. Well, hold on,
1: is, before you move on, as yes. the cow does that, it gets nutrients every time it does that, right? I mean, that's yes. way, if I remember eighth grade science or whenever that was when the cow chews its cud, it's getting nutrients out of the, the food source that it didn't get the first time, which that's right. is exactly what you're describing. When, you, when we continue to chew on um, one verse of scripture or a very short passage of scripture, if you're thinking about the Psalms or something like that, verses that really link together, then mm-hmm. every time you chew on it again, you find new nutrients in it. And, and I think that's just exciting and beautiful.
0: You know, um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says that the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory Mm. and that he sustains all things by his powerful word. Like, you want a great scripture to start (laughs) meditating on? Just start there. Hebrews 1, 3. And to meditate, you know, really just means, like we said, just to think about it. um, You can write it down. Mm -hmm. you can take each word and think about the meaning, write down the meaning of each word.
1: Um. You can memorize. One of the benefits of meditation is that it helps with memorization. And so I'm working right now and I'm a horrible memorizer, but I'm working right now to memorize a verse of scripture. I will not attempt it in front of you because I will fail miserably. But as I memorize, I am doing the things you're describing. I'm trying to understand phrase by phrase, what do those phrases mean? And and those disciplines go together very well. And the more we have it memorized, the more it gets into our bones, not just into our mind. And I think that's where it does its most powerful work.
0: Absolutely. If you If it helps you to think of it this way, when you meditate, you're engaging your imagination. Yeah. You know, that is why we were given this amazing gift, I believe. That's why God gave us Mm -hmm. imagination, because it is to be used for partnering with God, to imagine things that exist in heaven coming to the earth. Um, So when you take that kind of time, uh, you know, you you can try to hear the passage as if it were personally addressed to you, for example, or you may think about your five senses and what the words in that particular verse evoke in your senses there's yeah. there's all sorts of ways to engage the scripture
1: some of the more mystical writings through church history have talked about holy imagination so you might have imagination where you're thinking about you know what could what new dish could i cook up that may or may not be a holy imagination but when you're thinking on scripture and imagining with god then that certainly is a holy imagination and and i i really have taken to that phrase. I think it's a beautiful way to think about thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm all for it. Uh, I I would also encourage all of us to read with focus. We've already talked about that a little bit. Um, (laughs) uh, I I, I wrote down just the weirdest phrase in the world, but don't munch, savor. So (laughs) like if I go to the movies and I have some popcorn, I'm going to munch on the popcorn. I'm going to savor the first two or three bites because I love movie theater popcorn. But after that, I'm not really savoring anymore. But if I go to the steakhouse in town and I get a nice ribeye steak and it's cooked just right and seasoned just right, I'm not going to munch on that. I'm going to savor every bite and I'm going to make myself slow down. I'm going to make myself think about what is happening in my mouth, that explosion of flavor and (laughs) texture. I'm going to savor. And I would say do the same thing as you're reading scripture. Don't try to get through it because you're supposed to do it every day. That's, mm-hmm. that's munching, or uh, or less. Um, but savor, and and if you're not savoring, discipline yourself. I, I have to discipline myself to go back and go. Okay, that's I just I like flew through that. I have no idea what I just read, and I'll go back and savor it again. I, I love this empty nest season of my life because I can do that. I get up early. I I spend about 45 minutes a day in the Bible right now. Um, that's just way more than I've ever done before. But it's also way better than it's ever been before. And I'm better than I've ever been before. And I don't mean, listener, that you should spend 45 minutes a day. I promise. I I do not mean to impose a standard on you that that's like the right standard. If you have a young child at home, especially if you're a mom, 45 minutes, uh, you know, you'll fall asleep and I don't blame you. Um, But you probably have two or three minutes. And I would rather see you savor for two or three than race for two or three. So let the word of God sit in your mouth, spiritually speaking. Um, taste it. Psalm 34, eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and, and let, yeah, just let his word explode in your soul with that kind of flavor and texture. Discover what's there. And, and I think you will find that it, it's far better than you ever knew it was. You look like you're ready to say something next.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's so beautiful. I think, uh, and this, this book, again, <laughs> uh, speaks yeah. to this, that some people have this very pragmatic reflex that is seeking to net out some immediate nugget or benefit from what they're mm-hmm. reading. And um, it says, try approaching sacred reading with no conditions, demands, or expectations. The word may not meet your perceived needs but it will touch your real needs, even when you don't discern them.
1: That's fantastic. I've I, often I heard preachers think that's say, beautiful. yeah, it is. I've often heard preachers say, I have to work really hard to make sure that I'm not doing my devotional time as sermon prep. Like those yes. are two different disciplines for the preacher to sit down with the word of God and just be with the father is a different thing from sitting down with the word of God and fashioning a sermon to be able to preach to whoever their audience is and I think the same thing is true for us we can maybe be pragmatic for different reasons yeah um but certainly we we just want to remember that it is a love letter from the father to you it's, it's his love letter to the world and sometimes it's his love letter to you as an individual and the more we read it with that mentality I think the the better we are uh going to be at that spiritual discipline the more the more we take away from it when we don't try to take something away from it
0: which how hard is that to do right Mm because it's obviously one's going to affect the other i think maybe this is helpful we cannot substitute ministry for intimacy Mm. so if you try to do that say that again i think we can't substitute ministry for intimacy with god Now, if we are consistently meeting God and being vulnerable with God Mm -hmm. and spending time in his word, it is going to affect our ministry and make it better, right? Make it more effective because we will be better people (laughs) primarily. (laughs) Um, So the point is formation by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and is able to change us, right? We don't, we can't save ourselves ourselves um we 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 can grow fruit like we've talked about the fruit of the spirit before i think we can grow that Mm -hmm. fruit but it's only because of the tree right an apple doesn't grow itself a tree grows an apple so in that sense the tree is the holy spirit who's going to produce those fruits as we partner in relationship with god but if we substitute our ministry for intimacy with god it quickly becomes a very business like transaction
1: mm-hmm.
0: that doesn't change us, and that 's the problem i think
1: yeah early on in in this um, episode, you talked about uh connecting parts of the Bible one to another, and certainly every time I read about the fruit of the spirit, I think of Jesus as the vine, I think of john fifteen one through seven ish and and likewise, when I read John 15, or think about John 15, I think about the fruit of the spirit, that they are inextricably linked. You can't separate those things. It is in abiding that we create fruit. It, it's not in striving. And so, yes, absolutely. And as the more I am reading the Bible, the more I'm seeing those connections. So mm-hmm. uh, now, um I guess I've read through the Bible enough times, which still isn't very many, I don't know, six or eight, 10. Um, and I'm reading through the Bible this year. Uh, using mickey Gumbel's plan, uh, the guy who, who created Alpha, which is available on New Versions, So I'm using his plan. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm familiar enough now, <laughs> it should have been years ago, decades ago, but I'm familiar enough now that as I'm reading Old Testament stuff, I'm remembering mm. how it's connected in the New Testament. Yes. It, it was always easier to read the New Testament and see that it was a pull quote from the Old Testament or whatever, but now I'm seeing, and, and not even just verses that are quoted in the New Testament, but concepts in the Old Testament. Um, I just read one a day or two ago that I thought, my goodness, that probably helped John write Revelation because he was familiar with this passage in Isaiah. And Revelation doesn't quote that passage of Isaiah, but it's just that it's that forming.
0: <gasps> you said Isaiah.
1: I did say Isaiah. Isaiah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Sorry. 40 lashes with a wet noodle. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> the, they, the parts of scripture connect beautifully. And uh, when you begin to see them, you begin to see a new kind of beauty. And, and who doesn't want to see more beauty? I think that's fantastic. Just a couple of more things, real quick. Um, I, I, I would encourage you to, to read by interacting. And again, all of this is so close together that it kind of sounds like we're saying the same thing again, but it's a little bit different. When I read something in the Bible and I circle a word, or when I, i I I got a journaling Bible for uh, Christmas last year, and so I'm using my journaling Bible. It's the first time I've had a journaling Bible. If you don't know what a journaling Bible is, you can get them at Amazon or christianbook.com or Barnes & Noble or your local Christian bookstore. Um, and it has a very wide margin, about a third of the page and and mine, it has lines on it. And so I will next to a verse that I've read, I'll write a thought about that. And my hope is Mm -hmm. that someday after I've been through this particular Bible, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 times, my daughters will inherit that and they will go through that Bible and they'll see some of the things that their dad noticed or was convicted by. Or was energized by. There are a lot of exclamation marks in the margins of my Bible with things (laughs) that I noticed. And that level of interaction achieves some of the things we've already talked about. It helps me focus. It helps Mm -hmm. me listen. It it helps me um, savor. And so I think interacting is a really powerful, powerful tool. And I love that journaling Bibles have become a thing. That's a fairly recent thing, by the way, last decade or so. I think that those have been available. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things that helps me tremendously is to read from different translations. Uh, My pastor preaches from the New Living Translation because it has shorter sentences and it's easy to understand when it's read aloud, Mm -hmm. Um, which is one of the reasons that I'm using it. Because remember, I'm reading it aloud and I want to hear that. But if if there's a verse that I come upon and I'm like, I don't quite get that, which happens regularly, um, then I'll go to the NIV, which is what I read for years and years and years before the NLT, because that's Dang. more familiar, and I'll try to remember that did I, did I get it then, or did I just skim over it? And then if I still don't get it, then I'll go to New American Standard, because it's the most accurate, probably, word-for-word translation that that's readable. Um, there's the interlinear translation, but that's not really readable. That's a word-for-word, literally word-for-word um, kind of deal. And then if I still don't get it, I'll go to the Message, which is the least word-for-word translation but it's so filled with insight. Eugene Peterson was masterful in the way that he did oh, that. And, and when, I, when I vary translations across that spectrum, then I begin to have a level of understanding. And, and again, you don't have to do this for an hour every day, but if something piques your curiosity, follow the curiosity. You would probably mm-hmm. do that in your job, or with a TV show, or with a YouTube video, so why not do it with the Bible, and allow your curiosity to drive you to check it out just a little bit more, and again, you don't have to do this for hours, or even 20 minutes, but do it for two or three, it it really could change the way that you experience scripture, and therefore the way you experience God, and therefore the way you help others experience God, it it is amazing.
0: I read the book of Romans, in passion translation which some people would say is more of a paraphrase than a translation and I say mm. whatever <laughs> <laughs> of, you know there's arguments for both sides sure. of that um but I will say it was life changing for me and i wow. read Romans a bunch but yeah. for whatever reason I was obsessed like I we read it our whole family read it I read it to my kids over and over over a several months season and Mm. I was like taking screenshots of the pages and like just (laughs) texting it to people. Like, have you seen this? Like, this is amazing. It was, it was so good. Ah, it was
1: so good. So very translations use different translations. I'm also doing different translations year to year right now. Like next year, my intent is to read through the Bible using the message I've done the New Living Translation. This is my third time to read through it. I've read through the New International Version. Um, so I just, and, and the message is longer. There are a lot more words in the message, but uh, I've got the time. The Amplified
0: now. has more words.
1: <laughs> yes, the Amplified, which is also not real readable. It, it's great though for seeking understanding, especially about yes. translation issues. The Amplified trans- version of the Bible is awesome. Um, and if you
0: read it out loud, you have to yell. That's why it's called Amplified. No, I'm just kidding. That's a that's a Bible translation that's, joke.
1: Yeah. yeah. Don't don't quit your day job. Um.
0: It did not go over well, people. It did not go yeah. over well.
1: But then I said Isaiah too, so we yeah. pulled that up today. Um, just one more thing. And this was the thing the professor said to us that I alluded to earlier when he was come from the the thesis part of of the program I'm pursuing. Um, he said, most people, if you ask them to tell me, if if I just said, Hey, what's the book of first Corinthians about what they wouldn't be able to answer that question. And so know the context know what book you're in and who wrote it. And and you know, again, you don't have to do deep dive research. If you want to, great, go for it because you'll find treasures there too. As my pastor says, and I think I've said this on the podcast at least twice, the deeper into the mysteries of God you go, the deeper the mysteries of God go. I, it's one of my favorite turns of praise ever. So, you know, you can kind of go as far as you want to, but if you're not familiar with it, I would encourage you to check out the Bible Project on YouTube. Um, you, yes. There's probably like a website that's thebibleproject.com or something, but these guys have taken scripture and created a uh, a 30,000 foot view of each book. And so they'll do in a five to seven minute video, typically, um, just an overview. The Gospel of John, the overview that the Bible Project does of the Gospel of John is stunningly beautiful. And it's a narrated, uh, animated drawing which is not at all doing justice to what it is, but check it out. I, I promise it will be, um, it will be enlightening to you. Yeah, And they are and amazing. So I'm, I'm reading Isaiah now, Isaiah now, oh, it again, I'm reading Isaiah now. And so before I started reading Isaiah, I watched the video from the Bible project about Isaiah in, in an effort to do what this professor is encouraging us to do. And that is be more aware of what's the book about before I start reading what's in the book. Um, my, one of my pastor's favorite chapters in all of scripture is Isaiah 40, and it has never been one of my favorites. Um, there are verses in it that are among my favorites, but as a chapter, I just found it kind of dry. Well, this time I highlighted nearly the whole chapter. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It ends with those familiar words, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, like they oh, you know, yes. run, walk and not faint, run and not get weary, soar like eagles, all of that. Yes. That's the end of Isaiah 40. Uh, But the whole chapter has just been so beautiful to me this time. And I actually encouraged another friend to read it yesterday because I think a little bit of the fact that I had better context and I had better familiarity Mm -hmm. and all of it works together. And and I think you'll find that just like the first time you have steak, it's good. The 10th time you have steak, you want a really good steak. And the better the steak, the more you know it. It's that savoring thing. And I'm savoring it more than I've ever savored it. And I want that for you guys too. Bethany, what else would you say before we wrap up?
0: Well, and really we could do an entire podcast on this alone, but praying scripture mm. is something we have not mentioned yet, but um, this conformed to his image describes praying scripture as, I love this so much, a time for participation in the interpenetrating subjectivity of the Trinity through prolonged mutual presence and growing identification with the life of Christ. That's a really long sentence. So if you need to like back it up and listen to that again, it basically means like, like Rod just said, interacting with the scripture and praying the scripture. I actually love to play, Mm -hmm. pray scripture. When I pray for people, I always start with scripture because 2 Timothy 3.16, right? Scripture is God-breathed. We believe that. Christians believe that. This was not just people's thoughts that they put down. It was not people's best guess at what they thought God was like. This is inspired. We believe that Scripture is inspired by God, and because of that, it's profitable. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, And it will help reveal, it's like a two-edged sword that was sharp on both sides, right? That reveals the thoughts, the very thoughts of our hearts. So when we pray the scripture, I love to pray the apostolic prayers of Paul, like Ephesians 1-9, for example, when we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to enlighten the eyes of our heart. It's one of my favorite things to pray. It's a good prayer before you even start reading the scripture. Um, You know, if I'm praying for somebody to be healed, I'm going to pull out James and read you know, read and pray that scripture that we are to anoint people with oil and then pray for their healing because the prayers of righteous people are powerful and effective or availeth much. However, whatever translation (laughs) you read, that's a precious scripture to me. And I have prayed it many, many times.
1: Yeah. You pray scripture or pray with scripture more than anybody I've known. Uh, Beth Moore wrote a book called praying God's word. I would recommend that to you as well. And When you said 2nd Timothy 3.16, I think I misspoke earlier and said 1st Timothy 3.16, but it is 2nd Timothy 3.16. So (laughs) just to make sure that that's clear. Uh, and yeah, and, um, so just one more thing about that before we wrap up. That is the more you read the scriptures, the more you will find the scriptures in your prayers, whether you're Mm -hmm. specifically praying scripture or not. It just becomes a part of your language. It becomes a part of your thinking. You begin to think in words and phrases from the Bible, which I can't imagine that that's not a good thing. Uh, again, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that, that your mind is being renewed because the Bible is getting in it and you're beginning to think, um, pray for people. When I pray for people now, I almost always am led to some kind of verse of scripture to pray for them because yes. it's in me because I'm reading it more. Right. And again, I, I so wish I could go back to 25-year-old Rod Ellis and say, dude, if you skip breakfast, skip breakfast. You know, if you need to cancel a meeting, cancel a meeting, whatever. Get up earlier is what I would have said, go to, which means go to bed earlier. Um, <laughs> and yes, by all means, just the more it gets in you, the more it comes out of you, kind of like anything. And so it will come out of you in you're praying as well. Uh, we've alluded to this, um, again, multiple times throughout the, the episode, but I want to close with a quote by John Ortberg. Um, Pastor John Ortberg just uh, retired more or less from menlo park presbyterian church in california he before that was a teaching pastor at willow creek before that um elsewhere incredible author just a great writer probably my favorite preacher in terms of writing brilliant sermons and like the art of writing a sermon he's just he's incredible as a as a communicator um and one of his books that i read he said the goal is not for us to get through the scriptures The goal is to get the scriptures through us. And again, we've talked about that or around that a a bunch of ways. But as you're reading, listener, like later today or tomorrow, whenever it is that you next pick up your Bible, I would just remind you that the goal is not for you to get through it, but it's your goal is for it to get through you. And, And through is a beautiful word there. It's not just in you. It's also through you. And so as those mm-hmm. scriptures become a part of you and you begin to express them in your deeds as well as your words, then you're gonna find that you're living a better life, that that you're living a more Christ-like life, that you're living a more abundant life, that your life is better. You have more peace. You have more of the fruit of the spirit. You just have more of what God wants you to have. That's why he gave you this gift of, of his scripture so that you could have more of what he wants you to have. And because this is supposed to be a worship podcast, I, w- I would just have to say that I worship more passionately now than I ever have in my life. It's not because my circumstances are better, it's because my inner life is better. Mm-hmm. And, and it's better because I'm spending more time with God in His Word. And it is affecting not just me, but it's affecting the people I lead. And, and I, I've had um, individuals come up to me in the last six months or so during COVID. This is hard. It's a hard time to lead worship. And they have said, I've never seen you lead worship with more power. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with what God has put in me and is now coming out of me. It's that I am not just getting through the scriptures, the scriptures are getting through me. And so, if you want to have worship be more real in your church, if you want to be a more real worship leader, if you want souls to sing as you are leading worship, I think this is a giant key. I I really do. I, I, I wouldn't have suggested to Bethany that we take a whole podcast to talk about it. And actually we're going to come back and probably do a series of podcasts about how to use scripture in worship. But before we get there, I just want you to start with yourself because you can't lead other people where you're not going yourself. So start where you are.
0: Grow, grow, grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't shrink, 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 grow, grow, grow. So don't shrink. if you're not spending time every day with God right now, I would encourage you to start with two or three minutes, but do it every day. Every day is more important than the amount of time. And as you develop that habit of every day, two or three minutes, then that habit might grow to five or 10 minutes. And you'll find where to make the adjustments in your schedule to to make that possible. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm just saying it's going to be worth it. It's going to pay off for you and your relationship with Jesus. It's also going to pay off for the people around you. Again, your family is going to be able to tell the difference. I'm a better husband now than I was six months ago because I'm spending more time with Jesus in his word. I, I think this is going to help you be a, a better part of your family. It's going to help you lead your family better. It's going to help you be a better part of your ministry or leading a ministry or a better part of your church. So read your Bible, really, like really read it. and and let it get in you and let it go through you. And as you do, your church is going to be more like you because you're going to be more real than you've ever been. And more souls are going to sing because the word of God is going to go out and it's going to do what the word of God. It never returns void. It never returns empty. It never returns powerless. And as you use the word of God more, employ it more, And and your worship leading, then it's going to have an effect and more souls will sing. And I can't wait to hear about it. I I would love to, by the way. So shoot me a message, rodelis at gmail.com. Let me know how this is affecting you. Um, Let me know what you're doing in addition to things that we've talked about that are working for you. We'll give you a shout out on a future podcast and do an update and just say, hey, we heard from this listener and they suggested this and we're going to give that a go too. Uh, So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, And Be sure to rate and review the podcast, uh, especially if you can write a sentence about it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you do those things, Uh, Apple Podcasts, um, just write a sentence and one sentence would be great and it will help a few more people get word that this is out there. Anything you would want to say before we go? Yeah.
0: Share, share, share.
1: Grow, grow, grow and share, share, share.
0: And do let us know if you start saying Isaiah. We really do want to know. (laughs)
1: And and if you are in the United States and your church says it that way, I really want to know. So tell us. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon with another episode. Um, We're going to keep doing this till every soul sings.